0: About prayer, and uh, one thing, as he was mentioning about the building, when they had uh, discovered some of the leaking and things, and we thought at first we had a ton of mold, I began to pray, Lord, please help there not to be mold. God answered that prayer, but I never dreamed that there would be termites instead. And so, you know, when you pray, you need to be informed when you pray. So I should have. You know, been like, man, I wish I would have known. I could have prayed about the termite thing too. You know, um, so no mold, but but termites. You know, but um, uh, God does answer prayer, and uh, He answered a prayer that there was no mold, um, but then there was little termites um, out there. And so we're gonna we're gonna get all those things fixed so that we can start getting the, the building fixed up, uh, not only downstairs, upstairs, uh, but. Progress is going to be made, amen. Uh, and we'll keep moving forward. But we should be thankful that we have a place that we can meet. And we have the freedoms to meet, and that we can be here. We were in Luke chapter eleven, and I want to jump right in here on uh, Luke chapter eleven as we're talking about uh, prayer. We've been on; we've been about a month now, and uh, we'll uh, continue even next week as we look at prayer. And uh, we've been looking at uh, where. The disciples said to Jesus, Lord, teach us how to pray. It's like really one of the only things the disciples asked the Lord to teach them. And so uh, it, in the first verse of Luke 11, we won't look at it. But in verse 1, it, it says Jesus was praying. When he's finished praying, they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And then we've been working away way through this, uh, this chapter in, in his teaching on prayer. I'd like to just, for the sake of time, jump right in uh, and look at verses 9 through 13. This is kind of the end of, of his words as he was teaching on prayer. He says this. So, I say to you, Jesus says, I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Um, he who seeks finds and to him who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will he give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If you then, uh, those who are, are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, notice these words, how much more will your heavenly father or your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And so we're going to continue on this, this uh, topic of prayer. I want to ask the Lord to bless His Word this morning. We'll jump in. Lord, I pray You'd bless Your Word. And I pray that, Lord, You would just uh, help us today to understand that there's an amazing miracle that takes place in prayer. There is a, a mi- the miracle of prayer. And so, Father, I pray that You would just bless Your Word. I pray that um, You would bless, Lord, as we study We thank you for each one that's here. We pray for those who are joining us online, Uh, those that cannot be here that uh, may be sick or those taking precautions, watch over them, protect them. We pray for healing for those that are sick. We pray for our community, Lord, as there is a lot of sickness going around. We pray for our our health care providers. Please give them strength, give them wisdom uh, through this time. Uh, But, Lord, we are so thankful. Lord, that you are a good God, and we're so thankful that you give good gifts to your children. And we thank you, Lord, for the greatest gift that you give us, uh, Lord, that we're going to be looking at for a few moments this morning, and that we often neglect and we miss, uh, miss the importance of this. When Jesus spoke about prayer, he mentioned the Holy Spirit in prayer. And so I pray that you bless, Lord, this time. In your name we pray. Amen. Remember as we started the series we talked about the importance of prayer. They said, "Lord, teach us how to pray." It's so one of the only things they asked Jesus to teach them. They didn't it's interesting. They didn't say only a few things. They might say, "Well, when will the end be?" But they never really said, "Teach us doctrine, teach us, you know, teach us how to heal, teach us how to do miracles, teach us how to, you know, to do these things because they knew that that was through prayer that when Jesus prayed, things happened. And as we mentioned before, these were men of prayer, men and women of prayer. They prayed their whole life. they It was a part of their daily life. You look at men like Daniel. They would get up in the morning, and they would pray three times a day. So it wasn't like they weren't already praying, but what they were saying, in essence, is when they said, Lord, teach us how to pray, they were saying, Lord, teach us how to pray like you pray. Teach us how to pray like John prayed, because when you pray, things happen. And so what we have to understand is then he gives this teaching on prayer. And, and again, we don't have time to review all of it, but we looked at a number of, of things about prayer that Jesus taught. At the end of this teaching, what I want you to notice is we've already kind of talked about the asking and the seeking and the knocking. But I want to speak for a few moments on the miracle of prayer. The miracle of prayer. You know, obviously he says, Ask and it shall be given. He says, you know... Uh, seek and ye shall find knock and it shall be opened I don't know about you but that's, that's some promises right there that that's some promises that when God says he says if you ask it will be given if you seek you will find if you knock the door will be opened and I don't know about you but that's encouraging because it means this is that prayer is effective that prayer works would you agree with that? prayer works it works in fact, the sad thing is we, we know that it works, and oftentimes we know it works, but, then, but yet we still neglect to really do it. Martin Luther King Jr. said this, To be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. You know, really, truly, prayer should should be like like breathing for us as believers, as Christians. It should be a part of our everyday fiber, our everyday being. All all aspects of our life should be involved in prayer. Us talking to God. Talking to God and communicating with God. Yet many times we neglect to do it. I like that God made a promise. He says, you ask, it shall be given. You seek, and ye shall find. And knock, and it shall be opened. You know, how many of you know that maybe people make promises, but they don't keep their promises? Have you ever, you know, people make promises, they don't keep them? And you're like, uh, you know, well, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. You know, right? You know, I've, I've said that lots of times. I'll believe it when I see it. Someone makes promises. Can I tell you something? When God makes promises, He keeps them. His promises. And not only that, He has all the means and the power and the ability, the authority to make it happen. You know, do you realize that God is sovereign, that God is in control? He created everything. He created all. He just breathed and there it was. He just spoke and there it was. I mean, that we have an awesome God and He's an all-powerful God. And so when He says, listen, you, you ask And it shall be given. There is the miracle of prayer. That God answers prayer. And that God wants to do big and great things in our lives. But what I want you to see here. And I want to spend a few moments is this. Is he speaks about the fact that when you pray. He even says that he'll give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. You know what he's saying is is that one of the things that we sometimes forget about. Is that when we're praying that the Holy Spirit is active when we pray, aren't you thankful that, that, understand that when God sent his son, Jesus, he was here on earth, and they had fellowship, and they walked, and they talked with him. And Jesus said, when I go, I'm going to send one even greater than I. Now that's, right, I mean, think about that. He says, guys, don't be worried, don't be troubled, because I'm going to send someone even better than me, greater than I. And he's going to come and he will comfort you and he will guide you and he will lead you. And he will be, there's a term called like the paraclete in the Greek. And it means the one who comes alongside of me and he's right there with you. You see, at first they couldn't comprehend this. What do you mean there's one greater than Jesus? I mean, he walked on water. He fed the multitudes. I mean, he literally raised the dead back to life. And they're saying, we don't want you to go, Jesus. But Jesus says, no, I have to go. Because if I don't go, then he, the one who's greater than I, cannot come. And he says, I'm going to send one even greater, even better than myself. And that is the spirit. And what Jesus was saying is not better, if you will, in magnitude. But what he was saying is this, is that Jesus, while here on earth, could only be at one place at one time. Are you with me? But the Spirit of God can be everywhere and can be with everyone. And he says, so I'm giving you this gift, the gift of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit that will come and dwell with you and abide in you. And so when we pray, we have to realize that there is also the Spirit of God at work. And so I want to just give you a few passages of Scripture to consider this morning when we think about praying. Look with me, and we're going to look at Romans chapter 8 this morning. Romans chapter 8. Now, how many of you have ever heard this verse? We'll get to it in a minute. For we know that, if you know it, say it with me. We know that all things work together for good. Yeah, you've heard that? Most people don't know that the context is prayer. So look at Romans 8, starting in verse 23. Listen to what Paul says. He says, Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. Meaning, he says, we we long for the day that we're going to be with the Lord, is really what he's saying, that we'll be in God's presence. He says, for in this hope, we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? So he says, we have this hope that we'll be with God for all eternity. We have this hope that we will be in his presence. But notice what he goes. But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. We're waiting for that time that we'll be with the Lord patiently. Amen. I'm not real patient. You know, uh, I'm kind of in a little bit of a hurry. I don't know about you, but there's times that that when I see things going on, I'm like, Lord, just come back, please. Just come back and fix this. But we have to wait patiently. But notice what he says. In the same way, listen to these words. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. I love this. But the Spirit himself, the Holy Spirit himself... He intercedes for us through wordless groans. And He who searches our hearts, the mind of the Spirit. Okay, so the Spirit searches. He, the Holy Spirit, the mind of the Spirit. He searches our hearts. He says, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance. Will you say these words with me? In accordance with what? The will of God. Now let's look at the verse that everyone knows. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. The context is prayer. We say it all the time. You know, we're driving down the road and the tire goes flat. We go off the road and we're on the side of the road and we start fixing it. And then we, to comfort ourselves, we say, well, we know that all things work together for good. So there's something good behind it. And there's nothing wrong with that. We say that. But I really want you to understand that this passage, this really famous passage and verse that we quote, is in the context of praying. And not only in the context of praying, but the Holy Spirit being involved when we pray. Now I'm going to share some things with you about this Holy Spirit in prayer and how it works and what Paul was really saying here. And some of it you may not like, but I think it will help you, okay? Can I tell you something? Not everything, listen to me. My kids sometimes don't like taking their medicine, right? Or taking medicine, but it helps them. Are you with me? Sometimes it doesn't taste good. So, like, my wife's home with our little guy. He's got a little bit of a cough. So, you know, obviously, you don't want to spread anything, and you want to, you know, you don't want to share. So, he's at home and being taken care of. But we give him, like, these little gummies, like elderberry gummies, and they're real sour. But you're trying to build his immune system. And so, we give him, like, multivitamins and gummies. But they're, let's be honest, they're not like gummies, gummies. You know what I'm saying? Now, he wishes they were. And so at first he gets him. and he was excited when we first got him, And she's like, here, here, Makai, you got to eat it. And he's thinking it's gummies. He's thinking it's like his other gummies. You know, he calls them his red gummies. I went, my red gummies. Well, he thinks that they're the red gummies. They weren't the red gummies. And so when he took it, he's like. And he was doing it. And it's like so sour, bitter, you know. But we're like, you need to take them. And, and oh, he did not want any more. you know. And we're like, here, time for your gummies. And he's like, uh-uh. And so you have to like bribe him. You have to take away everything and say, you can't have it back until you take your gummies. You know, understand this, that the stuff that helps us sometimes doesn't always taste good. Are you with me? Stuff that helps us doesn't always taste good. And what I'm about to say and point out here, sometimes maybe we may not like it. But understand it's truth and it's healthy and it's good for us. Now, there is some really encouraging things here. For example, have you ever had something that you're praying about and praying for and you don't really even know how to pray for it? You just don't know. You You don't even know what to answer. In fact, you don't even know, like, should I even pray for this? You know, maybe it's a job, maybe it's a career, maybe it's a relationship, and maybe it's a relationship, and you're to the point where you go, I don't even know how to pray about this. Like, I don't know if I'm supposed to pray that God fixes it or that God takes it away. I don't know if I'm supposed to pray for this or not, but can I tell you something? Here's the cool thing. If you don't know how to pray about a certain circumstance or situation or need, just keep praying. In fact, just say something like this. God, I don't even know how to pray about this. I don't know what's best here. But here's what's cool. God does know what's best. And what he says is this. I love this. When you don't even know how to pray or what to pray, Paul is in essence saying, just keep praying because this is what's awesome. The Holy Spirit, he takes what what God needs to hear and he takes the message to God. Now, this is where you might get uncomfortable. Let's maybe say hypothetically, hypothetically. Hypothetically, a guy says, you know what? I'm going to put in for this promotion because I am the man. I I know that this job is the job for me and I know I'm the most qualified and this job is for me. And so I'm going to apply for this job. And I know I should get this promotion. I am the guy for this job and I should get this promotion. known as as valuable and as important as I am in this corporation as I am right now. And so I am, and, and I'm going to pray that I get this job. And I'm going to pray about this job. And so then he begins to pray and he says, Father, please provide this job for me. You know, I'm the man for this job. And the Holy Spirit takes that prayer to God and says, you know, Father, you know, this guy's pretty arrogant right now pretty pompous and pretty arrogant. And he really thinks he's the stuff. And he's not really the stuff. And I know that that pride is coming up in his life. And so I want you to, uh, Father, what needs to happen is he needs to lose his job. Because that's what's best for him. So that he finds humility and realizes that he's not what he thinks he is. You say, oh, the Holy Spirit would never do that. Oh, really? Is that not what the Bible just said? That he, the Spirit of God, who knows the mind of God and what was it, the will of God, he, he interprets and takes our prayers and takes those words to God. Now you're all getting scared. I can just see it. Everybody's terrified now. So that, but the, here's the thing. That explains sometimes when we pray and we ask for something, and a lot of times maybe we ask for this, but God gives us that It helps us understand why we didn't get this and we got that. Does that make sense? Because the Holy Spirit is saying, I, I, I know what God's will is for Joe. And it wasn't, maybe it wasn't that it was that job, maybe it was a different job. Or maybe it wasn't, maybe God said, he says, I know, the Holy Spirit says, I know what's best because I know what God's will is for this person's life. And so he will take our prayers. And, And sometimes we don't know how to pray. We don't know how to pray or what to say in prayer. But here's the awesome thing. Just keep praying because the Holy Spirit, the miracle is the Spirit of God will take what we're praying and he will put it in tune with what God's will is for our lives. Is this making sense? To me, that's cool. And so the, the older I get and the more I do this praying thing, the more I just say, God, I don't really know what the right answer is. I don't know what your will is. I really don't, but I just know that you're in charge. I know you're in control. I know you know what's best. And so will you just work it out according to your will? By the way, isn't that what Jesus did in the garden? Jesus sitting in the garden, he, said, he even said it. He said, Father, if there's any other way to let this cup pass, if there's any other option, any other way, Father, will you please? And you know, the Holy Spirit's like, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. I know what the will of the Father is. The will of the Father is for you to go to the cross. And what does Jesus say? Not my will, but what? Your will be done. And his will was done. Amen? And God was glorified. There are times we do not know how to pray. There are times that we are broken. There are times we're hurting. There's times we just say, Father, I do not even know what words to use. I don't know about you, but it's an awesome thing to know that it's not even about the words. Isn't this cool? It's not even about the words necessarily that we pray because the Spirit of God is at work when we pray. And the Spirit of God takes those prayers to the Father and He, he makes them, He sorts them, He interprets them so, so they're where God wants them to be. His will for our lives. Go with me over to Ephesians for a moment. The miracle of prayer the Holy Spirit is involved in our prayers. I want to touch on Ephesians just for a moment. In Ephesians it says this. um, Notice the prayer of Paul. And this is kind of my prayer even through this series. The prayer of Paul, he says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth derives its name, Notice what he says. I pray that out of his glorious riches. He may strengthen you with power. Through his spirit. In your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray. Here's, this is Paul. His prayer. He says. I pray that you. Being rooted and established in love. May have power together with all the Lord's holy people. Notice what his prayer was. To grasp. How wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now this is, I love this verse. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we will ask or imagine. According to his power or according to his authority that is at work within us. This is what Paul said. And this is my prayer, even through this this series. My prayer is this. Not only in my own life, but in your lives, those that are hearing the word of God, is the same prayer that Paul had for God's people. He says, my prayer is that you come to the place where you can grasp and comprehend how much God loves you. God loves you. And he he, he cares for you. And he cares about you. And it's immeasurable. We can't comprehend the love that God has for us. And I say to you, brothers and sisters in Christ, followers of Jesus Christ, God loves you. He says, you can't even, he says, we can barely comprehend the love that God has for us. And he said, if you would just come to the reality of how much God loves you, I mean, he says, then you would have the courage to to pray. And he says this, he says, understand this, that this vast love that God has for you should encourage you to be willing to ask God for more amazing things. He says he wants to do immeasurable things beyond what we would even ask or even imagine or even think. You know how many times people have said to me, Pastor Joe, not here. I'm talking about all the years. Pastor Joe or Joe. I kind of feel guilty about praying or asking God to work in this area. Or to fix this or to fix that. Oh, how sad that, How sad that is. Because God, a loving Heavenly Father, He loves you. You're His children. And He wants to be involved in your life. Are you with me this morning? And because He loves you so much. He says, I, I, there's so much I want to do and I would do. He says, more than you would even, you could even ask or even imagine, more than you could ever comprehend, I want to do it. Can I say this? I just want to challenge every single one of us, myself included, to start praying big prayers to start asking God big things and even things you never dreamed that you would even imagine to start praying that way because we have a great big God. Somebody say amen. amen. We have a great big God in heaven that has a great big heart for you, who loves you. Who loves you more than you could ever comprehend and ever imagine. He loved you so much that he sent his only begotten son. And he allowed him to go and die on a cross. And he shed his blood for you. And it even says in the book of Hebrews. And the scriptures say this. That if he would not hold back his one and only son. If he wouldn't hold him back. Then what else would God not give you? If God was willing to give his one and only son for you. Don't you think? that he can answer the prayers that you're praying, that he can heal a friend or that he can heal a relationship or help a marriage that seems as though it can never be helped. Oh, may I say to you, if God didn't spare his one and only son to go and die a cruel death on the cross, then don't you think that you can have the audacity, as Jesus said, the audacity. He wants you to have the audacity to say, God, God, I believe that you can do this because God can and He will. He is a great big God. He answers prayers. In fact, Paul says, My prayer is that you pray big prayers. My prayer is that you that you literally take steps of faith to know that God loves you so much that yes, He can heal. Yes, He can He can do miraculous things. And may I tell you something? God is a miraculous God and He is doing miraculous things. And God is at work. It's pretty cool, even a last week or two when I said I can't pray for you if you don't tell me please tell me if you have prayer requests and already in the last week or two it has been so awesome a number of people coming to me and saying pastor Joe two weeks ago remember we said to pray about this and we've been praying about it and God's answering that prayer praise God amen because God answers prayer I want to give you one more passage just very quickly in second Corinthians chapter 12 and it kind of ties into what we're saying here about the Holy Spirit. You see, sometimes you know God says yes. Sometimes God says no. Sometimes God says wait. A lot of times, I found that God says wait. You know what I mean? You have to wait. And sometimes God says, "I, I put this is my term terminology, not this, but that." You pray about something and. It ends up being something else. But can I tell you that something else is so much better. Amen. Because it's within God's will. I want you to see something interesting here in Corinthians. Paul was a man who had great authority and power. Paul was a man, a man of prayer. Most of our teaching on prayer, other than the teachings of Christ, come from Paul. He taught us about prayer. Paul was a man who was able to pray And to heal people. But I want you to notice something. Paul prayed three times. Cried out to God three times. For his own ailments. And by the way, can I say this? It's okay to pray for yourself. I'm about to say something very powerful. Please listen. I've said this. I've been saying this for years. But please listen to what I'm going to say. Write this down in, in your heart. Write this down. A piece of paper, write it down. But can I say this? No one can pray for you like you can pray for you. Because no one else knows what you're going through, no one else feels what you are feeling, and you have every right and every authority. To call out to God and to pray for yourself. Do not think that it is selfish. It is not selfish to pray for yourself. That is a lie from the devil. And so many people say, well, Pastor Joe, I pray for other people, but I just, you know, I just feel selfish when I pray about this. No, you can pray for yourself. You guys got that today? You can pray for yourself. It's not selfish. Yes, you should pray for other people, but it's amazing how many people say, well, I don't really, you know, I just feel I don't want to ask it. No, he's your father. He loves you and he wants you to pray for yourself and to pray for things. It's okay. He says you have not because you ask not. And so Paul did pray for himself. Look at this. Paul prayed, he says, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. That's a whole other teaching. Okay, I could go off on that, but we can't do that right now. But notice what he did do. He had this thorn in the flesh, this messenger of Satan. He was being tormented and he was being tormented and Paul was suffering. And if you look at the life of Paul, he had many health ailments. He had very poor vision and he was very sickly. His body was beaten. And I mean, he was he was night and days out in the ocean, you know, shipwrecked. His body was beat up and bruised and beaten. But beyond that, it says this, that there was this messenger of Satan to torment him. This is a whole other teaching, but can I tell you the word messenger literally means angel. It's the same word for angel. Paul had, he had a a demon that was oppressing him. He literally was so greatly used by God that Satan put a demon on him. He wasn't possessed. Please understand, a follower of Christ cannot be possessed, but you can be oppressed. And so what happened was this. Paul was being oppressed. There was a messenger of Satan tormenting him, and it was affecting his health. It was affecting him. And he said three times, I pleaded with the Lord. Does that sound like prayer? Sounds like prayer. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, this is what God said. Here's the not this but that. My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast, Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power is may rest on me. He later, I won't read it, but he goes on to say, so that Christ would be exalted. He says, when I am weak, then he is strong. And so Paul cried out to God. Here's a man who healed people. Here was a man that God greatly used and he was a man of prayer and he he had effective prayer and God used him in miraculous ways. Truly, he did. But Paul had his own ailments, and he was sick, and he was being oppressed, and he says, God, please, I call out to you, God, will you please take this, 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 this torment away from me, remove this oppression that is upon me, get rid of it, please, and no answer, he prays a second time, and calls out to God, and he says, please, God, will you remove this from me, and he begs God, and calls out to God, and no answer. Finally, the third time, he prays and cries out to God. And he says, God, remove this from me so that I can be used greatly by you. Can you picture, Paul, God, if I if I were healthier, I could be used greater. And if I wasn't oppressed by this demon that's tormenting me, I could I could do so much more for your kingdom work. And finally, God says, no, Paul. He says, because, because of all of the revelation and because how much I'm greatly using you, in essence, what he was saying is this, it's going to go to your head. You're going to get too proud. And so in order to keep you humble, I'm going to keep you weak. Because when you're weak, then I, amen, Christ says, I am strong. And so sometimes there are things that we pray about. They're not in the, aligned with the will of God. Sometimes the will of God, I know we don't want to hear this. Sometimes the will of God is for us to suffer. Sometimes the will of God is for us to go through hard times, but it's so that he will be glorified. Because God has a greater purpose and plan. Are you with me this morning? And so Paul cried out to God. And you could say this, God did answer his prayer. It just wasn't what he thought the answer would be followers of Christ let me say this just keep praying pray 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 and don't quit jesus said men are always to pray and not quit so keep praying sometimes god says wait you know a lot of times i'll be honest and i think you could look and you pray about things and god answers it you're like man that's awesome god and he does Sometimes God says, no. Like a parent, no, that's not good for you. <laughs> no. And when my Josiah, man, he, he's, he, he, now he's loving being an adult and adulting, you know, because he's like, I want a gun. I want another gun. I want more guns. I want another knife. Hey, Dad, you want to go with me to the gun shop? Let's go look at the guns. But when he was just this big, he, want, he wanted guns and knives, Guns and knives, and I remember one time we were we, when we were in Missouri, and we went to this one of the families in the church, and they, I mean, they lived, they were running around barefoot, running through the cow patties, and they were, they, were, I remember we went, there was this like pond, and there was like these little, they just jumped in there with knives in their mouth. I'm not making this up, trying to catch the catfish, and I was like, wow, where am I moving my family to? You know, I was like, oh my goodness, and I remember, I think he was, listen, he was. Like not even 18 months or something like that. He was like bare, he was barely he you know he he walked when he was really young and he was you know he could you know he communicate and talk and all that. But I mean, he was just tiny little kid and I'll never forget this. My wife looks over and one of the little boys was gave him this big like John Rambo survival knife and he was like running around with this knife and he's like ah, you know with this knife. And we're like no no and, he, but he want, and he would, he'd be two and he's like at the store he wanted knives because his kid gave him a knife and the, and the little kid's well what's wrong with that why can't he play with the knife he says and my wife's like well he's about like 18 months and the knife is longer than his arm you know it was like a sword you know and the fact of the matter is at, at a very young age he was wanting big old knives and we're like oh, you might we need to wait till you're at least three okay you know How many times the kids want to get the scissors, right? They want to have scissors, they want to play with the scissors, you gotta hide them, you gotta lock them up because it's not good for them. Can I remind you something? Sometimes God realizes and He's God. He knows what's good for us. Remember last week we said that the mechanics of prayer was this a good son asking a good father for a what? Good thing. Is what I'm praying for a good thing? Is it good for me? But keep praying, because the Holy Spirit takes our prayers, He interprets them, and He takes them to the Father, and He aligns them with His will. So that's why sometimes prayer doesn't always work out the way we think it should work out. But know this, that He will work all things together for our good. Amen? Because He loves us. But be reminded, the Holy Spirit is involved. is involved in our praying. And so I would include, if I were you, we're going to actually sing a couple songs here in a moment, kind of to finish our worship time. There's actually a couple songs. And I want to have a word of prayer. But what I want to remind you is is that when you're praying and while you're praying, you have the Spirit of God who is helping you and is working in you and through you. Amen? But pray. Can I just tell you this? Pray big things. Pray big things. Right now, I'm praying for a young man. It's so one of our wrestler's brothers who's in college. They just found out stage four cancer. And so I'm, I'm praying for him like three, four, five, six times a day. I'm going to pray that God does a miracle in his life. You know why? Because God can. Because God can. Because we have a big God. What is it? What is it that maybe even no one else knows? What is it that you need God to do. Even while we're singing today, while we're worshiping today, can I just say, use that time, use that time while we sing a couple songs to pray some big prayers, because he wants to do more than you'd ever ask or even think or imagine. How awesome is that? Amen? What do you need God to do? Let's stand together. We'll have a word of prayer, and will you just sing the last, we're just going to sing a couple songs, and then we'll be dismissed. Let's pray. Lord, I